0: It's time to set aside the superficial. It's time to go deeper. It's time to engage in truth. Here's John Bornstein.
1: Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Engage in Truth. This is John Bornstein. I'm a senior pastor of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church right here in Colorado Springs. I'm thrilled that you're tuning in today. We're continuing in a powerful study as we examine communication, and not just communication as a whole, specifically conflict resolution. Now, how did we get here? Well, over the last few weeks, we had been studying about the armor of God and then really assessing the areas of weakness that we really leave unattended. We don't strengthen those areas. And then wonder why we're not experiencing the victory in Jesus Christ through His Holy Word because we're not applying what we're reading. And so what we wanted to do over the next few weeks is really dive into some of the areas that we leave unattended to. We just are not strengthening these areas. Number one was life purpose. Yes, even Christians struggle with understanding their life purpose. So we went through that to great detail. And then last week, we started into this discussion of communication with conflict resolution. And over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about relationships, marriage, parenting, finances, and sexuality. All of these areas seem to highlight about 80% 80% of people's life struggles. And so to help me do this back in the studio today, Dr. Steve Ford, welcome back to Engage in Truth.
0: Thank you, John. This is such a timely discussion. As, as you were talking, it just sort of triggered some thoughts, just thinking about where we are today and where we've been in the recent past and really just more conflict on so many different levels than I can remember at any other time in my life. When you factor in covid and the vaccine and masks and all those sorts of things as well and right. then of course what we're talking about today Russia the Ukraine all those things filling the headlines oh, and I know you've also got some yeah. some other things that we'd like to address today as well um, that's right I'm just so glad that we're having this discussion and 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 really reaching out to find out what the Lord has to say about conflict resolution in a way that honors him
1: amen amen and I know that we have probably 14 pages of notes today. Not sure we'll get through it all, so if you want to go back listen to last week's broadcast, and and perhaps we go into a third part, we'll see how today goes, but you can find all of these broadcasts and more at calvaryfountain.com, so be rest assured in that. If you've missed the prior studies that Dr. Ford just alluded to, you can find those again at calvaryfountain.com. Some of the other headlines have been made recently right here in Colorado, we just can't move on without addressing it, because this one is very near and dear to my heart. We spent a great deal of time talking about Russia and Ukraine, Russia and Bible prophecy. There are other headlines being made, though. They seem very subtle by comparison because we're so fixated on war and what's happening with China and all these other variables. Even recently, I heard that uh, Jerusalem might be back in the spotlight as Ukraine and Russia may be working on negotiations to take place there in Jerusalem as the neutral ground. That's very prophetic in nature as well. But with all of that, we can lose sight of some very important matters taking place right here at home and across the nation, in fact. It was interesting because on Friday, March 11th, all the way through the night into Saturday, March 12th, it is recorded as the longest debate in Colorado's House history it began at 10:53 p.m. on Friday ending at 10:18 a.m. on Saturday people sleeping in their cars sleeping in the chambers there discussing the issue of prote- protections of life the sanctity of human life the, there's a particular bill that was presented it's hb 22-1279. it's called the reproductive health equity act And this will codify the following. It will allow abortion through all nine months of pregnancy for any reason, including partial birth abortion, potentially eliminates the requirement that parents of minors be notified if their child receives an abortion. It it even deprives the preborn of all legal rights in the state of Colorado. It prohibits any regulation of abortion. And all of this Is being put together because there's this concern at the US Supreme Court level that there will be an overturning of Roe v. Wade. So, all of these states, it seems, we're seeing this happening all across the country. Many states are trying to put orders into effect now to try to protect their abortion rights, but we're seeing what appears to be almost a civil war in this debate issue. It's of the 50 states. Some 26 are leaning to very conservative approaches to this to protect life, while 24 are not. Almost getting more aggressive, even talking about abortion 30 days or even longer after birth. I mean, so we're talking about a radical chasm here in the divide between the protection of life And the taking of life at even all stages that will ultimately lead to youth in Asia. And so I would encourage our listener right now that we need to be a people of prayer over this matter. Prayer should not be our last resort. I mean, Rich Bennett for Life Network here in town sent out a wonderful email on this that we're to pray for wisdom and discernment in both the Colorado House and Senate who will be voting on this bill in the days to come. They've been doing so all this week looking at this. And they believe that this is going to pass through without a fight. I mean, although there's been debate, they believe it's a a done deal uh, because of the majority that those who are pro-abortion have within the House and Senate, even at our governor level. So we have at the House level a 41-24 majority, and we have at the Senate level a 2015 majority. And Governor Polis has already said that he'll sign this if it comes across his desk. So we also... Need to be very attentive to making our voices be heard, getting the emails out, letting our representatives know how we feel about this. If you believe, as scriptures tell us, about the sanctity of human life, and we know this is a vital matter because in 1 Kings chapter 11, because the altar unto Molech was burning brightly, they were sacrificing their children. Go back to 1 Kings chapter 11. Solomon was reprimanded harshly by God, telling him, if not for your father, David, I would strike the kingdom from you right now for allowing this to happen under your watch of the sacrifice of your children. And so we know that the hearts of the people were hardened, and Jeremiah tells us that. I will give you shepherds who honor me when the hearts of the people turn to me. So Solomon was just allowing it. He was not doing anything about it, and that was bad enough. Now we've got leaders that are promoting this, wanting this, voting for this, and then perhaps down the road we're going to wonder why is Colorado under such judgment, as if we'll be naive that we have not provoked the hand of God to this. And so I would encourage you, our listener, right now, uh, talk to Representative Mark Snyder, Talk to Representative Tony Exum, Senator Pete Lee, amongst all the others. Reach out to them. Let's ask them to go the way, and I will celebrate what God is doing in the other states here of what Alabama, Arkansas, Louisiana, Oklahoma, Utah, Florida, Indiana, Montana, Nebraska, Wyoming, just to name a few, as we are seeing an aggressive turn away from abortion to protect life and Dr. Ford, I know when you received that email from uh, Rich Bennett at Life Network, you were prompt to to make your voice be heard. How did that go? I did. Well,
0: <laughs> I went. I, I sent out uh, the, the emails to uh, the, the people that you mentioned, and and one of them was kind enough to respond. It was uh, it was more or less, uh, you know, I completely disagree with you, you know, sort of things. So right. It seems to be you, uh, and this is the way I'm going to vote. I did appreciate the courtesy of the fact that I was responded to, uh, but uh, I, I think it's so important. I was thinking even in the Pentateuch, God comes out so clearly against child sacrifice and Moloch, the Mm -hmm. first five books of the Bible just threw out there again and again and again. Um, And I just think it's so clear, but I think we look at the way things are framed in the state of Colorado right now, but how great is our God and how amazing is our God and what amazing things can our God do? The things that we've seen revealed in scripture and we've seen revealed in our individual lives. So if it's okay with you, I'd like to just go and pray for a moment over this and just beseech the Lord's blessing oh, kind and gracious heavenly father. We thank you that you love life. We know that the women who are, who are thinking about making this decision that you love the babies and you love the women who are, who are in this situation deciding about what to do with, with this unborn baby. And we know that you just, you love them more than, uh, more than, as if you had no one else to love heavenly father. We just know that your heart is, is for the widow and for the orphan and, And for those who feel like they're on their own and just help them to feel your power and your presence and your love. We pray for all members of leadership at the local level, county, state level, in the state of Colorado and throughout the country that you will just turn their hearts to you. And we pray that everything that is against you and your will will be blocked. Everything that is according to your will and your purposes will be blessed. And pray that your church will stand up in love to love people who are involved in this process on both sides to love the people who are involved with having to make these decisions. And we just pray, all, Father, that we'd come into saving faith in your son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray.
1: Amen. Thank you, Dr. Ford. And, of course, I'd encourage you, our listener, please to continue to pray for what's happening in Ukraine, around the world. Uh, we're seeing tensions rising, even in the relationships with China and and so forth. So there, we could spend a great deal of time in prayer. That's the best place for us to be. Amen. It's not our last resort. It is our first offensive position that we should be in. We often talk about prayer and action as if prayer isn't action, but right. it is because we are imploring the God of heaven and earth who holds the cells of our bodies together, who formed us in the womb and knew us by name, who has a plan and purpose for everything— and we know that he is deeply involved in the affairs of men, and you cannot thwart the will of God. He is sovereign, he is omniscient, he is omnipresent, and yes, he will hear your prayers. They're sweet aroma unto his nostrils. He holds them in the urns of heaven. In fact, the angels bring them to him and even use them to do battle against the armies of evil and darkness upon this earth. So don't ever think for a moment that your prayers are not powerful and effective. We certainly know from Romans chapter 8, that your prayers are given to the Father by the Holy Spirit, translated by Him, and the Lord Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you. So you are not alone in this. Even when you don't know what to say, you can be assured that the Lord has heard your heart Heard your words before you spoke them and is already at work. We get the privilege of being a part of it by our act of obedience to even bow before him in repentance and honor to his holy name. So don't for a moment think that your prayers are not powerful and effective. They certainly are. Amen and amen. Amen, indeed. Well, let's, uh, we're already halfway through our time with you. You see how fast this goes, but how important it is that we talk about these issues. We do want to just in brief talk a little bit more about conflict resolution here today. And we may have to, again, break that into a three-part now as we talk about this very serious subject matter because it affects us all. I don't know that there's a single person out there who hasn't gone through a discussion that has led to a sharp disagreement, a dis- a division perhaps of, of some sort, whether it be with a family member or friend, co-worker, whatever that sphere of influence is, and we just need a biblical directive on how to handle this? I because our emotions can lead the way. We get very passionate about these things, uh, hurt over these matters, and then we maybe don't even want to address it. We'd rather avoid any further conflict, and we'll just bottle it up, not address it. And what we find is it really affects our sleep. It affects our other relationships. It affects our focus. It, it just it, it's a wound that if not left tended, if it, if it just is unattended to, it left to fester and and not putting the biblical directives of the salve of the Holy Word and its truth upon that issue, it, it will just continue to worsen. And I can assure you, time does not always heal all wounds. It is by the direction of God's Holy Word we'll find reprieve in these situations. And God has given us so much to work with. Uh, Dr. Ford, let me take us to just for a moment to Acts chapter 15, Because this will set up what we'll talk about this week and next as we look at even some conflict that occurs in the Bible. Because over the last few weeks, we've talked about even a number of examples throughout the Scripture over what was transpiring. I mean, in Colossae, Thessalonica, Philippi, even in the the Roman Church, there were a number of issues that they were debating. I mean, what to eat, what not to eat, how to worship, how not to worship all sorts of issues, whether they should even be engaged in reaching unbelievers in their homes or where they were worshiping at, like Paul did at Mars Hill. I mean, all of these things were subject to debate. And it seems to be one thing that we're good at in the Christendom is debating one another over non-essential matters, quite frankly, and then getting our feelings hurt, leaving and maybe even starting another church while we're at it because we just don't want to trust another church because our feelings are hurt. Well, let's look at Acts chapter 15, verses 36 to 41, as we begin this week's discussion and next. Here's what we read. Start verse 36. Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. So far, so good. Now Barnabas was determined to take with them John, called Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them and in Pamphylia, and had not gone with them to the work. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another, and so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. Okay, so we have a, a division, not just a disagreement, a sharp division that has now come upon them. And this actually backs up to Acts chapter 18, verses 13 to 14, and when we see that John Mark had left the team and returned to Jerusalem. So this seems to be an issue here where Barnabas is saying, let's give him another chance. (laughs) But Paul's not in such of the same mindset. And we think, well, then who's really wrong here? And when you really examine what's going on, where Paul is really wanting to have individuals around him he can fully trust because of the seriousness of the work, while Barnabas sees this as an opportunity for reconciliation and restoration, you could see from both sides they actually have some validity to their points. They're, they're not without merit for consideration in this. So you could say both are right So why can't they find some common ground, especially since Jesus Christ is the bond that holds them together? They're doing this all for the Lord. You could just assume in this, as we've read from a number of other scriptures, that that would not be the way to settle this matter. And what we'll see later, actually, that we'll get to in a later study, perhaps next week, is we'll see how God even works through division. That yes, he can not only resolve the matter, so he will resolve the matter, so it's not just that only. But he can also do a mighty work through a divisive situation in which he can spread things out. Now, you have multiple teams, and we'll see that even as Martin Luther, when he challenged the Catholic Church in his 95 theses, and we see churches formed as a result, the gospel going around the world, new translations of the Bible. So we need to avoid conflict, if at all possible, in every way, and to seek reconciliation. But we can also trust that God is working all things out to the good of those called according to his purpose. We can hold onto these promises. So, Dr. Ford, let me just take us through maybe one or two of our principles while time is with us, and you can chime in here, I know, with all of your wisdom as well. But using this passage here that we've read in Acts chapter 15, if we look at the first principle we can take away here, is that though all Christians worship the same Lord, we don't always agree on every point shocker. We don't always agree on every point. Even though we we claim to follow Jesus Christ, there's still something innate in all of us, as we see in Romans 6 to 7, of the sin nature that even struggles with pride. It still happens. And we, we've been reading about that in our study of Matthew chapter 20, in which we see James and John and their mother come to Jesus wanting to sit at his right and to his <laughs> left. And even the night Before Jesus is taken to by way of mock trial and unto crucifixion, that last supper with his disciples, they'll still be arguing who's the greatest in the kingdom. (laughs) They just don't seem to get it yet. Of course, the Holy Spirit has not yet come upon them, and yet even with the Holy Spirit, we need that reminder that we are still sinful vessels, and even if we have two very strong right opinions, we can find ourselves disagreeing over these things which can lead to a number of denominations. I mentioned it a couple, maybe I think last week even, I talked about there are 41,000 denominations of the Christian faith alone, and there are 320,000 churches in America. That means that there's eight churches for every denomination. You need only to flip through the old-school yellow pages, perhaps. We don't do that too much anymore. But you can just see a list of all the different churches in our town And Christians unite around Jesus Christ but seem to argue about everything else. We just seem to... (laughs) Find something to be divisive over. It could be the color of the paint, it could be the temperature in the room, it could be that communion was not observed every Sunday, or that we're using contemporary music instead exactly. of I music. Hymns, yeah. right? Yeah. Any thoughts from you, Doctor Ford, no, on that? I You've think been you there. completely right
0: well, yeah. Well, if there's a way to divide, we'll find it, which is just so unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, and especially you know, in Jesus' admonition and you know the admonitions of Paul throughout the New Testament about unity within you know the Christian faith and brothers and sisters in Christ. It's a little ironic, but I know, but so true yeah. historically, again and again and again. But I think that is why this is just so wonderful that we're doing that. We're having this discussion. That's right. To just let you know, let's let the madness stop now.
1: So. Yeah, Amen. And you know, just moving on here, uh, principle number two. I've mentioned it a little bit already, but uh, on issues of deep personal conviction, our disagreements will sometimes be very sharp. I know, Dr. Ford, that it's often one of those things where you have to go in with, I think always, with wisdom and discernment, whenever you know that somebody's very passionate about a subject matter, especially when we're talking about salvation of souls. We're talking about the holiness of the church. We're, We're talking about how we... Operate in order that brings God praise in our disciplines of our home, disciplines within the church. People can get very passionate about these matters, especially when they feel like: is there a hint of false doctrine in that? Is, is there something that is disrespectful to God in that? And then they get really worked up. You think about some of the things that Paul addressed in First Corinthians, where they saw it as somebody going into the home of another and eating food that they think they thought were disrespectful to God, maybe eating of pork or something along those lines that they felt was was uh, unbecoming of somebody going to that home. And it wasn't just the type of food, but how the food was used, because it may have been used in a worship unto a false god. So it wasn't that it was just pork, but it was also used in a pagan ritual. So So now it wasn't just a matter of the content of the food, but the application of how the food was used. And what they what we Western readers fail to understand is that sometimes they would put food that was on sale that after been used in some kind of a pagan ritual, it was discounted. And then people were buying that discounted meat and, and so then they would use that in their home because the meat was still perfectly fine. But now there's a superstition around it. Right. Don't touch it. It was used in this way. And Paul was reminding them, you're going into the home to give them the gospel message. Now you've gotten caught up in the legalism <laughs> and completely missed the entire issue. You can imagine how the debates must have sounded in that church. And they would have all sounded right. Yeah. And this is where the wisdom of the Holy Spirit needs to come in to hear this, that even Paul could have a disagreement with a brother so sharply that they would divide, and we'll see that it's only temporary. There's some years that go by. We'll get to that, and we'll save that for next week. There is reconciliation, so know that that does occur. But yet, even in this, we find that those who seem to be the most mature in their faith can still have moments of what appears to be a weakness where they're unable to resolve that conflict. That can be frustrating for outsiders who may be very new in their faith. Because they're looking to us to represent Christ. Even Paul said, model after me. You emulate me because I'm emulating Jesus Christ. You need a real world example of application so that you can apply that in your life. If you see me pray in this way, it would be good for you to pray likewise. If you see me reading this way, read likewise, right? So they could put a practical application to what they were reading. We have the same responsibility within our homes, with our children, with our spouses, spheres of influence, all the cascading effect of that obedience will go on for generations. And so it's a daunting thing because we're so prone to our sin nature to dominate our way of thinking, to give in to those emotions once again, and then find ourselves feeling like we're starting all over again, Yeah, right? Like, like I should be beyond that. Right. Where did that word come from? <laughs> Why was I even thinking that? I really got frustrated about that guy pulling in front of me right. of all that's going on in the world, really? <laughs> And we find ourselves just going right backwards. And we know that we haven't backtracked entirely, but we do need to acknowledge those weak points, strengthen them so that we can be stronger moving forward. Dr. Ford, I know that we're out of time and uh, we just have so much more to cover on this. So it is going to take another week, perhaps two. So we want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in again to Engage in Truth. Dr. Ford, thank you for that powerful prayer. We'll continue to lift up the state of Colorado, that the right decisions be made in the protection of life continue to pray for all of our leaders across this country as they are dealing with some very serious matters uh, in in trying to bring peace in the world. And we know that there's only one who can bring peace. And may we all implore him, may we truly pray for revival across this nation and live to that end, that we give the gospel message with, with all that's in us. And we'll find that if we live with that passion before us, that our words, our actions, our thoughts will align with the holy will and way of God. So I want to thank you again for listening to Engage in Truth. Dr. Ford, thank you always being in the studio with me. And we'll have a lot more to say on the subject of conflict resolution next week. Again, this is a ministry of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church. And if you'd like to listen to this message again, go to calvaryfountain.com. There you can learn more about the church and ministry of Calvary Fellowship. Services are 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. on Sundays and we'd love to see you there. God bless you, my friends. Take care.